Good afternoon, everybody. I am Matthew Vegasans, your host for AI Pioneers Insurance Edition, and I am joined today by a very special guest, Elise Humana from Conexión Insurance Agency, or as gringos would say, Connection, Connect Insurance Agency. Elise, it's awesome to have you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. One of I know most people that are listening are going to be wanting to be wanting to get your perspective on how you view AI as an insurance agent, the owner. But before we get to that point, one of the things that I would love for the audience to hear, especially the younger listeners that might be trying to figure out, is this insurance industry for them? I'd love for them to hear your story and how it is that you got into the world of insurance. Yeah, so I kind of got into insurance when I was in high school. I was a part-time CSR at my dad's agency. Uh, he opened one up with a partner, and he didn't know anything about insurance. Still doesn't to this day. His bread and butter is real estate. <laughs> he doesn't sell a single policy, but he owns a brokerage. Um, and that's how I started off, was just kind of doing CSR work um, on the weekends when I was a junior in high school. And then right out of high school, I went straight into it. I just started doing it full time and I've loved it ever since. I, I really like, you know, helping people find good coverage and just helping them out with all of that. So I, I personally think insurance is very interesting. I don't think it's boring at all. I, I wish more Gen Z would come into it. Yeah. Uh, I think we just need to find a way to attract more younger people into the industry because a lot of people wind up in the industry by accident. Yeah. So, yeah. I completely agree. I think one of the things that people don't realize is how vital insurance is to the world. I always like to tell people every industry depends on insurance, but insurance depends on none. If all of a sudden insurance went obsolete tomorrow, the housing market, the auto market, education systems, hospitals would all be in a state of flux. If any of those industries went obsolete tomorrow, insurance would still be around. Yes, there might be some hiccups, but it'd still be around. And so I always like to say insurance is what makes the world go round, and younger people should pay attention to it, especially because the barrier to entry is not the highest relative to other markets. And so as long as you're willing to grind and you can save up a few hundred dollars to get your licenses, you can get a, you can be licensed within 30 days. Um, one of the other questions that I had, if you just listen to your story, did you always start in personal or commercial? Did you start off on one versus the other? Can you tell us a bit a bit about what type of segment you work more into? Yeah, so I do both. Um, I do personal and commercial. I would say we're roughly half-half. Mm-hmm. Um, I started off just doing personal lines, and then I uh, started learning more about commercial lines. And I kind of had to learn everything on my own because since my dad, again, his his um, thing is real estate. He didn't know anything about market access or not admitted versus admitted or anything like that. So I kind of had to learn all of that along the way. And now we we do both. Mm-hmm. So, and I like to write all lines. I'm not a niche agency by any means. I'm a very general agency. And how was it that you went about learning the industry? I think one of the things that happens nowadays is there's so much information on the internet. Oftentimes yeah. there's like, there's too much information. You don't know the quality of what you're reading. How did you go about learning? What types of sources did you, did you look at in order to level up? Yeah, I kind of just started off with reaching out to the underwriters or like calling the carriers and learning things little by little. 
then I kind of started studying appetite guides mm. and underwriting guidelines. And that's why I really like started learning more about, oh, what carrier takes what type of risk. And um, also I, I discovered a pre-licensing course because I started training other people that I really liked called America's Professor. And it really breaks down insurance well. And that actually kind of helped me refresh, even though I had used a different course to get licensed. That course also made like a pretty big difference on just kind of refining my basic fundamental insurance knowledge. I didn't come into because of what I mentioned. So I love that first point that you made about calling the underwriters and having that bias for action. I think one of the things that happens, especially when you're starting off in this career, is sometimes you don't want to seem like an annoyance and pestering people with questions. And one of the things that I've had to learn in my own journey is that asking for help is a genuine skill set and it's one of the most underrated skills. And so it, it seems like you've all, you've obviously learned the power of that. Um, one of the other things that I wanted to ask you was you could have just stuck at your father's agency, but you decided to make the jump and take the entrepreneurial route. What was that process like in deciding to take that jump? How did you decide, um, yeah, what ultimately acted as a catalyst for you to take that jump and decide to do your own thing? Yeah, so I had been working in his agency for about six years, or no, I think five years at that point. And what made me really want to take the jump was, it's not just me that was in that business. It was a family business. It was my siblings as well. And I just really kind of wanted to try different things. I, I loved implementing tech and I always liked implementing new systems and processes and they were very much kind of like, you know, legacy agency where they just kind of do things a certain way, which there's nothing wrong with that. But that's kind of what drove me to just want to branch out. And that's mm -hmm. why I started my agency a year ago uh, was to be able to have that flexibility to set up those systems and processes. And, and that's how I got really into technology too. And just discovering the plethora of, of, of technology that the, that exists for independent agencies, which there's actually not a ton, but there's more and more coming out and going to conferences and stuff like that have definitely helped too with discovering all of those things. That's awesome. And did you, um, when you ultimately made the jump, was your family a captive agent or were they always, were they working as independents? They were independents, but the way that they were set up is very much like a non-standard shop. You know, you have your retail storefront, and it's in a Hispanic community. So a lot of Latinos come in and uh, that was like our main clientele that we served. It's just uh, since, you know, we had the bilingual services, we would get a lot of Hispanic clientele that would come in. And um, yeah, that's kind of how they were set up. It's just very much non-standard heavy uh, storefront. Got it. And then when you started making the jump to your own agency and evaluating the different tools like the AMSs, the CRMs, what were you ultimately optimizing for when evaluating each one of those tools? How did you ultimately pick which one you landed up on? Yeah, so I kind of got lucky in the sense of I already had the experience of seeing the systems that my dad's agency was using. And what really helped me a lot was joining those Facebook groups for insurance agents on Facebook. And there's already just a ton of good information on there. Lots of previous conversations on different softwares, different CRNs and AMSs. And my 
father's agency actually didn't even have a CRM. So I didn't know what a CRM was. I didn't know what purpose it served up until like April of last year. That's when I really started learning about that. Because in my mind, I was like, what, what can the CRM do that my AMS doesn't do? But I learned a lot and I basically just did a lot of homework, hours and hours of just digging through different group chat or different posts on those Facebook groups. And I landed on what I liked and I tried out a couple different ones. And that's how I landed on, on using the tech stack that I have now for my agency. And so are you using separate AMSs and CRMs or using one of those that kind of combines everything in a singular location? Uh, I'm using separate ones. I, I'm hoping to maybe switch over to Iris at some point. I know that they're a new all-in-one system, but I'm using NowCert, Agency Zoom, and Insured Mind. So I'm actually using two CRMs wow. and an AMS. Uh, yeah, you know, that's a pretty yeah. heavy tech stack. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we've seen yeah, we've seen we've seen a variety of them and it's interesting now because I feel like the older, more incumbent groups like the Vertifors, they prioritize functionality, but they weren't necessarily the prettiest screens to look at. And now you have the next generation of tools that are trying to combine that functionality with a more sleek appeal. And I think that I think little things like that will just help modernize yeah. the industry and make it somewhat more attractive to the Gen Zers and the younger agents. One of the things I see right now all the time is you'll have some of these younger people that are really technology fanatics. They hear great things about insurance. They do a little bit of research. Then they see, oh my God, that's the technology I would have to deal with if I got into this. And it's kind of, it kind of pushes them away. So I love to see yes. now that there's real being, there's real money being thrown behind um, the UXs of the, of these different tools. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's, like you said, that's what's going to attract the Gen Z is having better interfaces, smoother systems, and not so much clunky, uh, clunky setups. And there's already a lot of insure techs coming in and kind of changing up the game for, for everybody and disrupting yeah. what has been the same for so long. <laughs> one of the other, one of the other questions uh, that, that came across just listening to you speak is it seems like you're clearly very diligent in the way you evaluate your resources for your own business. Right now, we're in a period in time where it seems like there's almost a new trend every year. A few years ago, it was blockchain. Now it's, then it was crypto. Now it's AI. I'm sure a year from now, we're probably going to hear another trend. How do you, as a business leader, evaluate these different trends to see okay, this is all hype or no, this is actually worthwhile for my business. Yeah, I think AI is different. You know, that's like a whole new age of technology, a whole new way of, of doing business. And I think every business needs to use AI in some way, to uh, shape or form. Mm -hmm. So for me, AI is like a must, you yeah. know, that it, you're either going to implement it or you're going to get left behind. So mm -hmm. because it just makes everything so much more efficient. Um, but the way that I kind of discern whether or not something is just kind of a trend or um, is basically just kind of weighing the pros and cons, the cost of it, um, what ROI it's going to return to the agency, because there is very much the shiny object syndrome where a new piece of tech comes out and 
you you jump the gun and you buy it, but then you don't end up using it or implementing it. So it's definitely something that you have to build into your systems. But I'm very much, uh, I like to implement new systems and, I, and I'm very much adaptable with my agency. I'm always looking for new ways to make it more efficient and automate it more. So, but I have been guilty of doing that myself too, a couple of times where, you know, I kind of jumped the gun on a new piece of tech, but AI for sure is one of those things where I don't think it's a trend. I think that's the direction everything is going to head in. Yeah. And you said something that I, I love. It's analyzing the cost to agency, not just the cost on paper, but the cost to agency. And the listeners are going to get annoyed at me saying this. I've said it in a couple of other episodes, but it's so true. One of the big mess ups or mistakes that I think a lot of companies make is they see the contract and the contract might say something like a thousand dollars and they're like, okay, all I'm investing is a thousand dollars into this thing. And then they don't actually take into account the six or eight weeks of implementation time, the training all their employees and team members as to what that is actually going to entail, what that new system is going to be like. And so they often end up end up miscalculating it entirely because they don't realize the cost and the cost to agency are two very different things. And so love the fact that you're thinking about it. When it comes to actual implementation, I know a lot of our listeners are going to be curious where you see specifically opportunities to implement it. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Implementing AI technology yeah. or just yeah. any... Yeah, AI into your into your day to day operations or into your agency. Yeah, anything that's repetitive or just time consuming. Just trying to find ways to automate it um, through different forms of of tech, whether that be through the CRM or through using ChatGPT. For example, I um, just recently learned how to reconcile commission statements using mm -hmm. ChatGPT. And that saves you tons of time as an agency owner because that's a very time-consuming manual thing. So it's just kind of like taking the time to learn what is taking up time and how can I make it more efficient with tech yeah. because time is so valuable. And so you yeah. can't really put a, a dollar amount on it, I think. So that's why I, um, for me, regardless of the price of the tech, as long as I can see that ROI of my time back, it's worth it. Absolutely. And I think and I think one of the other things too is with this new technology, I think because it gives you so much time back just by automating those mundane, tedious tasks that you talked about, I think it actually yes. does the opposite of what a lot of people think. A lot of people think, oh, this AI is going to replace me. I'm going to be less accessible to, less accessible to my customers. It's going to do the opposite. It's going to take care of all those little repetitive tasks. You can actually be more accessible to your customers. And right yeah. now, with how hard the market is, insurance is in certain lines become quite commoditized. So people are selling the same product over and over. You're going to win on your accessibility and your service. And so I think you're right. You're spot on there in terms of like having a look for the different ways that it can give you back your time. Yeah, it sets you apart from everyone else. Like everyone who's not who's not using mm -hmm. the tech or AI, uh, mm -hmm. it, it's you're going to be a lot more, like you said, accessible, available because you're you're freed up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the other, again, just like listening to you talk, I get uh, anytime I see somebody. For those that, that don't know, I am in my mid twenties, and anytime, and I always when I say I'm insurance, people kind of look at me like a deer in headlights. And so anytime I come across somebody 
that's within reach of my age. I'm always just super curious how it is that, um, how is it you've had to navigate uh, an industry that is predominantly people that are two and three times our age? I'm sure sometimes people might look at you and be like, oh, they might catch them off guard just how young you might be. What are some of the ways that you've ultimately overcome some of those predispositions that people might have? Yeah, I think for sure it's just kind of also what what's kind of helped me, I think, is like just finding middle ground with them because they have a lot of wisdom too. Like they've seen, they've, they've done things a lot differently than how maybe you or I came into the industry knowing things. So I always just try to acknowledge like, um, you know, you guys have more knowledge, more wisdom and not necessarily that they have more insurance knowledge. Cause I think that seniority plays a role, but it's not everything. I think it's just a matter of like connecting with older uh, agency owners who are more open to tech. Yeah. Did you ever join any associations? Associations? As you were, as you were leveling up? Um, no. No, aside from the Facebook groups, which I don't think they're associations, but no, I haven't joined any. For those listening, uh, one of the great things to do online is especially if you don't have too many people in the insurance industry in your own personal life is these Facebook groups that Elise is talking about are incredible. They post, you can literally just go onto Facebook and look up insurance agents or insurance agencies and they'll have captive agents. They'll have indies. And it's incredible because you go in there and there are dozens and dozens and dozens of posts made on a daily basis. And so there's like an almost never ending stream of knowledge and experience coming in. And so would 1010 recommend any of the listeners go check them out. But the same thing too is Twitter and Reddit also provide some really unique forums and threads that would encourage everybody to take a look at that as well. The last question that I have for you is there's no shortage of things you could have done with your life in the past or now in the future. You launch your own agency. It seems like you're going deeper into the belly of the beast. What excites you about where insurance is at today and what, what's coming for the next couple of years? Just seeing all the, the tech that's coming out that's going to make us more efficient, that's going to allow us to compete against, uh, better compete against insured techs that are trying to go straight to the consumer and cut off agencies. Um, I'm excited to see more carriers roll out that have a different perspective on things, a fresh approach to things, and just seeing um, more disruption happen in our industry. It's exciting. It, it is exciting. I tell people all the time, like right now is the best time ever to be in insurance. Um, if you look at like Airbnb came right after the 2008 housing crisis. If you look at Stripe, the payment processor, right after the recession, you look at Uber, Uber came out right after the recession as well. And so I think the best time to start a business is when the market has gotten quite hard or tough in that segment. And if you look at insurance, the last 10 years, there's been $50 billion invested and there's not really a successful um, home, uh, uh, there's not really a successful name out there that is known across the country. And so I think right now is great because we can take the learnings from the last 10 years 
and start to apply them into the future of insurance. And so all that to say, I'm on the same boat as you. I'm super excited about what's to come for insurance. Yeah, and I'm excited about Gale too, just because um, AI voice is newer technology and just seeing how realistic it sounds and how it's going to be able to help uh, agencies provide like 24-hour service. It's going to be a complete game changer. Yeah, I'm super excited about it. I'm, I'm happy you're excited about it too. I can't wait for you to see these next couple of weeks of sneak peek we have coming for you. So I will be in touch. At least I want to be respectful of your time. I know you have a million other things you could have been done. We appreciate it more and you know that you took the time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great Glad one. Bye. Bye.